For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Israel, God's Prophetic Time Clock. This is part two of the series. So from these things, we can see that in creating the heavens and the earth in seven days, which is the beginning, it is a prophecy of 7,000 years of time. And the last 1,000 years is called the millennium or the messianic era. So now let's look at further detail to see that there was roughly 4,000 years from Adam to Yeshua's first coming, and we've gone 2,000 years since. So we have gone close to 6,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to the present time. So the way we understand this is we first look at the genealogies in the Bible. From Adam, wherein first we're going to see time from Adam to Noah and the flood. From Adam to Seth was 130 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 3. From Seth to Enos, 105 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 6. From Enos to Canaan, 90 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 9. From Canaan to Mahalalel, 70 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 12. Mahalalel to Jared, 65 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 15. Jared to Enoch, 162 years, Genesis chapter 5 verse 18. Enoch to Methuselah, 65 years, Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Methuselah to Lamech, 187 years, Genesis chapter 5, verse 25. Lamech to Noah, 182 years, Genesis chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. Noah to the flood, 600 years, Genesis chapter 7, verse 6. So next we're going to look at time from Noah and the flood to Abraham. So from the flood to Arphasad, two years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 10. From Arphasad to Salah, 35 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 12. From Salah to Eber, 30 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 14. From Eber to Peleg, 34 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 16. From Peleg to Ru, 30 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 18. From Ru to Sarag, 32 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 20. From Sarag to Nahor, 30 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 22. From Nahor to Terah, 29 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 24. From Terah to Abraham, 70 years, Genesis chapter 11, verse 26. So from Adam to Abraham is 1,948 years. So next, we're going to give you the big picture information from Abraham to the Babylonian captivity of the southern kingdom. From Abraham to Genesis chapter 15 in the covenant between the halves, 70 years. From Genesis chapter 15 in the covenant between the halves to the birth of Isaac, 30 years. From Isaac to Jacob, 60 years. From Jacob and his family going to Egypt, 130 years. The time in Egypt, 210 years. In the wilderness, 40 years. 
years. From Joshua to the Judges, 30 years. From Judges to Samuel, 450 years. The time of the kings of Judah, 513 years. And history tells us that the final stage of the southern kingdom's Babylonian captivity took place in 586 BC. So if we add up all these years, we have 4,067 years. So am I showing this to you to try to make the claim that there was exactly 4,067 years from Adam to the days of Yeshua, in this case the year zero? No, because genealogy study is not an exact science. So there can be some variances in the calculations from place to place from time to time. But it does allow us to see the validity of the principle that there was 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to Yeshua's first coming. And in order to look at another source for the chronology of time, we're going to look at one of the most well-known chronological studies. And this was conducted by an individual named James Usher. So we're going to look at the Usher chronology. So who was James Usher? James Usher lived from January the 4th, 1581 to March 21st, 1656. He became a professor of theology in Dublin in 1621. He was the Church of Ireland's Archbishop of Armagh and primate of all Ireland between 1625 and 1656. In 1654, Usher published a book entitled Annals of the World. It is a historical chronology from the ancient world until the year 70 AD. And in this book, Usher calculated the date of creation to be 4004 BC. And this became the standard biblical date of creation when it was printed as a margin in all the editions of the King James Bible after 1701. So Usher calculated from the creation of the world and Adam and Eve being in the Garden of Eden to the birth of Yeshua, which he says was in 4 BC, was exactly 4,000 years. And the way that Usher came up with this calculation is as follows. From Adam to the flood was 1,656 years. From the flood to Abraham, 352 years. From Abraham to the covenant of the pieces in Genesis chapter 15, 75 years. From the covenant of the pieces in Genesis chapter 15 to the Exodus, 430 years. From the Exodus to the building of the first temple, 479 years. From the first temple to the end of Solomon's reign, 38 years. And then from Solomon to the birth of Yeshua in 4 BC, 970 years. So James Usher calculates it was exactly 4,000 years from Adam and Eve being in the Garden of Eden to the birth of Yeshua in 4 BC. So I'm not trying to say either the Usher chronology or the chronology that I gave you that either one is the exact chronology. I'm just trying to say if you do a biblical chronology study, you're going to get roughly 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to Yeshua's first coming. And as we know, we've gone 2,000 years since Yeshua's first coming. So we can make a biblical calculation and see that from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to where we are at now in time, that there has been roughly around 6,000 years that has passed, suggesting that we very well could be the generation that sees Yeshua set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. So in looking at God's prophetic time clock, we now should be able to see the big picture, that in creation, in the beginning, the God of Israel laid out a prophetic week of time for man and the earth consisting of 7,000 years, and the first 6,000 years would be a time of labor before man and the earth would experience a Sabbath or a thousand year time of rest. So now we're going to begin to look at the details regarding 
from the nation of Israel breaking the covenant at Mount Sinai and being exiled in the nations of the world, that this present age continues until the end of the exile of the twelve tribes of Israel and their uniting in the land of Israel upon the mountains of Israel by the Messiah. So since the scattering of the twelve tribes of Israel into the nations of the world, this present era is also the time of their exile. And their exile will end at the beginning of the Messianic era, when we start the prophetic Sabbath of creation, known as the Day of the Lord. So the present era is also the time of the exile of the twelve tribes of Israel. And following the days of King David and Solomon, the nation of Israel, also called the House of Jacob, was split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And eventually the northern kingdom was taken captive by the Assyrians. And the southern kingdom was taken captive by the Babylonians. And it's the role and task and the function of the Messiah to end the exile of his people and gather and unite both northern kingdom and southern kingdom and bring them back to the land of Israel. So now let's begin to understand this in greater detail and more completely. Earlier in this teaching we saw that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. Well Yeshua not only created the heavens and the earth but he's the one that made covenant with Abraham. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 Paul explains not Abraham and a seed where the promise is made. He doesn't say seeds as of many but as of one and to your seed which is Messiah. He goes on to say in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 if you are Messiahs if you believe that Yeshua is the Messiah then are you a part of the covenant. You are Abraham's seed and being a part of the covenant you are an heir of the promise of the covenant. So when Paul said in Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 the promise was made to Abraham and his seed and not seeds he was making a reference to Genesis chapter 17 verse 7 where it is written and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to your seed after you we can further see how it was Yeshua that made covenant with Abraham by cross-referencing Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 with Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 so in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 it is written and when Abram was 90 years old and 9 the Lord appeared to Abram and said I am almighty God in Hebrew El Shaddai walk before me and be thou perfect in Hebrew Tamim whole complete then in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 Yeshua is speaking and we're getting an English translation from the Greek manuscripts which is why it's rendered I am Alpha and Omega but in Hebrew it would be Aleph and Tav meaning the first and last letters of the alphabet the beginning and the ending says the Lord which is which was which is to come so the Alpha and the Omega in Greek or Aleph and Tav in Hebrew that is the first and last letters of the alphabet Yeshua is saying is him in the one that is the Alpha and the Omega the one that's the Aleph and the Tav is also the Almighty and it was the Almighty that appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 so in this we can see furthermore that it was Yeshua that made covenant with Abraham so after this covenant is made Abraham's seed is going to go to Egypt in Genesis chapter 15 verses 13 and 14 is a prophecy of it and this is a part of the covenant between the halves so the Almighty, that is Yeshua, said to Abram, Know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them. And also that nation whom they will serve, literally referring here to Egypt, will I judge. In other words, he will bring them out of Egypt. So we can see how the children of Israel go to Egypt, that is Jacob and his family, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 5, as it is written. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. And all the souls that came out of the Lord of Jacob were 70 souls for Joseph was in Egypt already so after time in being in Egypt
Egypt, the children of Israel, suffer from Egyptian bondage. We can see this from Exodus chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service, wherein they made them serve, was with rigor. So we can see how the children of Israel suffered under Egyptian bondage. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 6, as it is written, And the Egyptians evil entreated us, and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. So as a result of the suffering, affliction, persecution, hard bondage, the children of Israel pray out unto the God of Israel to deliver them. We can see this from Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, as it is written. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. As a result, the one who made covenant with Abraham, that is Yeshua, is going to honor his covenant and send to deliver to his people. That would be Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it is written, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So Yeshua is going to instruct Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. In Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 it is written, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. So initially, in giving this instruction to Moses, the one who did so, first appeared unto Moses at the burning bush. We're told this in Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 as it is written. For the King James says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So the text says, It wasn't God the Father who appeared unto Moses, but the King James says, The angel of the Lord. And this word angel is the Strong's number 4397. It's the Hebrew word malak. So the Hebrew word malak means a messenger, a representative, to dispatch as a deputy. So normally when we read the word angel, we might think of Gabriel or Michael or someone of the angelic class. But it was not someone of the angelic class that appeared unto Moses at the burning bush. It was the messenger of Yahweh who appeared unto him. So if it wasn't an angel like Gabriel or Michael, why does the text say an angel of the Lord? That is because an angel is a malach. An angel is a messenger of the Lord, but not all messengers of the Lord are angels, meaning in the traditional sense like Gabriel and Michael. So, in having this conversation with Moses at the burning bush, the messenger of the Lord is going to call himself Yahweh and Elohim. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 4 it is written, And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. So in Exodus chapter 3 verse 4, the Malach, the messenger of the Lord from Exodus chapter 3 verse 2, is now called Yahweh and Elohim. Continuing in Exodus chapter 3 verse 11, the text says, And Moses said unto Elohim. So the messenger of Yahweh is now called Elohim. So the messenger of Yahweh, who was called Yahweh and Elohim, in Exodus chapter 3 verse 12, says to Moses, Certainly I will be with you, and this will be a sign unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve Elohim upon this mountain. So in this we can see that not only did Yeshua create the heavens and the earth, 
but he's the one that made covenant with Abraham. He's the one that appeared to Moses at the burning bush. And the one that appeared to Moses at the burning bush says, you're going to serve me upon this mountain, that is Mount Sinai. And the one that spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, that is the lawgiver, is also Yeshua. So in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses asks this Malach, this messenger of Yahweh called Elohim, when I come to the people and they say, what's the name of the one that appeared unto you? What shall I say? For it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses said unto Elohim, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? So the Malach, the messenger of Yahweh that appeared to Moses the burning bush, is now going to tell Moses his name. And in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 it says, And Elohim said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So the Malach, the messenger of the Lord that appeared to Moses the burning bush, is I am that I am. Continuing and revealing who he is or his name, in Exodus chapter 3 verse 15, Elohim said to Moses, Thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, in other words, the one that made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So the Malach, the messenger of Yahweh that spoke to Moses at the burning bush, is also the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in Judges chapter 2 verse 1, we can see that it's the Malach, the messenger of Yahweh, is the one that brought his people out of Egypt. For it says in Judges chapter 2 verse 1, And the Malach, the messenger of Yahweh, came from Gilgal to Bohem and said, So this is what the Malach or the messenger of the Lord is going to say, I made you to go up out of Egypt, and have brought you into the land which I swore unto your fathers, and I I said, I will never break my covenant with you. So the way that the messenger of the Lord, even Yeshua HaMashiach, brought his people out of Egypt is they were saved, redeemed, or delivered by grace through faith. They didn't deserve to be brought out in their own merit, but they had to show faith. That was putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So in the messenger of Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even Yeshua HaMashiach, saving, redeeming, or delivering his people out of Egypt by grace through faith, after they were saved by grace through faith, then they came to Mount Sinai and they were given commandments regarding how they were to please the one that had just brought them out of Egypt. So what's the name of the people that entered into covenant with the creator of the heavens and the earth who made covenant with Abraham? and who is now speaking to Moses at Mount Sinai. What's the name of the people who we made covenant with? It is the house of Jacob. We can see this in Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 as it is written. And Moses went up unto God and Yahweh called unto him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. So who is the house of Jacob that's at Mount Sinai that's going to enter into covenant with the one that brought him out of Egypt? We can see in Exodus chapter 12 verses 37 and 38. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, and a mixed multitude went up with them. So now we can see the house of Jacob is going to consist of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, as well as the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And what are they called in Exodus chapter 12 verse 38? They're called the mixed multitude. So the mixed multitude, the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are now a part of the house of Jacob. So how's the mixed multitude a part of the house of Jacob? Well, they're regarded as strangers, sojourners, they were adopted or grafted in. So in this we can see that the God of Israel is not a respecter of persons. The house of Jacob who is at Mount Sinai consists of all those whether they're native born or grafted in who were saved by grace through faith and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So the purpose 
that the God of Israel had in bringing his people out of Egypt was to take them to the promised land. We can see this from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 23. And he brought us out from there, that is Egypt, that he might bring us in, that is the promised land, to give us the land that he swore to our fathers, that is the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So in the process of time, when they go into that land, they will ultimately be united as one people from Jerusalem when King David ruled and reigned over the house of Jacob from Jerusalem, which is alternatively called Zion. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 3, it is written, Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and they anointed David king over Israel. So when David ruled as king over the nation of Israel, or the house of Jacob, from Jerusalem, it is said that he ruled from Zion. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 7, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same is the city of David. So after King David rules over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem, the next king is his son Solomon. And following the days of Solomon, because he was disobedient to the instruction of the God of Israel, and he married foreign wives who brought in their foreign gods, the house of Jacob got divided or split into two kingdoms. And the names of these two kingdoms were the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So it's very important that we understand who is the house of Jacob. To begin with, we need to see that in Genesis chapter 32, it was Jacob whose name was changed to Israel. And as a result, all of the house of Jacob are Israelites. And within the house of Jacob, or the nation of Israel, we have the northern kingdom. And among the names that they're given in the Bible is the house of Israel, Ephraim, a term for the ten tribes, Samaria, because that's where they set up their capital, as well as the house of Joseph. The southern kingdom was named after the tribe of Judah, which was the leading tribe of the southern kingdom. So they're called the house of Judah. And the tribes that are identified with the house of Judah is Judah, Benjamin, and the Levites. The other tribes, called the Ten Tribes, are named after the leading tribe of the northern kingdom, which was Ephraim, the son of Joseph. And this is how the northern kingdom was called the house of Joseph. So given that it was Jacob's name that was changed to Israel, everybody of the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, the Jews, everybody of the southern kingdom, the house of Judah, or the Jews, are Israelites. They're of the house of Jacob. But not all Israelites, those of the house of Jacob, are Jews, meaning they're from the southern kingdom. Because we have those of the house of Jacob, after the split, who are identified with the northern kingdom. So the northern kingdom are Israelites, but they're not Jews. And the northern kingdom was called after the leading tribe, the tribe of Ephraim, also known as the Ten Tribes or the House of Joseph. So Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom. We can see this in 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 28 as it is written. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. Rehoboam was the first king of the southern kingdom. In 1 Kings chapter 12 verse 23 it is written, Speak unto Rehoboam the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the remnant of the people. Eventually the northern northern kingdom was taken captive by the Assyrians. We can see this in 2 Kings chapter 15 verse 29. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, came Tiglat-Pileser, king of Assyria, and he took various cities and places, among them Gilead and Galilee, which is the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. So in the process of time, the southern kingdom was taken captive by the Babylonians. In 2 Kings chapter 24 verse 10 and verse 15 it is written, At 
that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, Israel, God's prophetic time clock. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.